All right, guys, what's up? It's your girl, MB, and welcome to the Respectable Woman Podcast. And today's topic is on the Respectable Friend Group um, or the Respectable Friend Circle. And I'm with my girl, April Jackson, AJ. What's up? Good evening. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm trying to be respectable. I'm going (laughs) to... Oh my Jesus! No, okay, wait, yeah, okay, talk to me again. We'll do it again because anybody listening knows that that's not me. That ain't it. That ain't. Go it. ahead, talk to me again. I'm All right. Really What's up? What's up, April? What's going on, y'all? It's. The underscore AJ show. Follow me on socials for all shenanigans and encouragement. See, I love that you lead right into marketing because uh, <laughs> I'm not so I'm not so forceful in that. Um, I'm happy to have you on this episode, dear friend. Yeah, I don't know why because I don't know what I'm gonna say. It's fine. Know. We just don't <laughs> talk like we always talk. Um, yeah, you got the notes, so we're gonna um, we're gonna kind of get into it. But first, I, like I asked all the other guests, uh, will you tell our our friends out here how do you describe the respectable woman? So, you sent over that question, and I was like, I don't really know how I would describe a respectable woman. Um, I know there's some things that my my parents uh, kind of instilled in me that was like, this is the way a lady is supposed to act or, um, or you know, stuff like that. But I was just like, if I had to put a description to a respectable woman, um, it would be a lot about like uh, traditional, like stereotypes and archetypes of her being very prim and proper and, and seen and not always heard. And um, there would be, um, a very giving and um, service-like nature, nurturing. Um, she's always well put together, well groomed. Um, when spoken to, she would speak eloquently. Um, you know, things, things of that nature. And as I started thinking about that, I was just like, you know, I have some of those qualities, um, but I feel like I'm respectable, but I'm not traditional. Mm. So. Um, I just kind of, I don't know. I feel like, um, in short, the respectable woman is um, is a journey, not a destination. It's, it's evolutionary. Um, it's respectable for whatever. It's what you deem respectable for whatever season that you're in. So I would say the respectable woman is the the woman that you can look in the mirror every day and say, "I'm proud of you," and the work that you're doing. Um, for self, in your career, in your relationships, in the community. That is how I would describe the respectable woman. It ain't got nothing to do with your skirt being below your knee mm. or um, whether you are a certain age with kids or um, if you keep your house immaculately clean all the time. Um, you can be respectable and be out here uh, dressed like a city girl if you want to. Mm. Um, I personally am on Team Meg the Stallion, you know, real high girl shit. But yes, though that is my, you know, respectable woman is a journey, not a destination. I like that. I like that. Um, you tell me you don't have anything to say. Okay, we'll break it down in the first five minutes. Listen, 
I appreciate that. I do like that definition. Um, it's a journey, not a destination. Um, so I feel like on the last two episodes, I did go and give backstory to my guests. And so I wanted to give backstory to us and our journey, our friendship journey. Um, so I feel like the first time we met was the debutante. Mm-hmm. when we were judging mm-hmm. and um I was like okay first well it was blended it was diverse but I felt like being at an alpha's debutante ball you're just gonna be surrounded by aka's like it just didn't matter <laughs> right and so I'm like oh my god what am I about to get myself into um I had a great time I think I've judged two or three times after that mm-hmm. that one um and we had a diverse judging panel. But I remember thinking, oh, okay, April's like, AKA, she's a little extra, but I can rock with her. Like, she cool. And, but it was just, we only had those instances when we had to judge. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't, like, it wasn't like a long process. Right. Um, and then I judged one of the pageants at UCA. Mm-hmm. And you were over the girls, I think. Was it Miss Essence or Miss Black and Gold? Or could it, it could have been Miss uh, Omega. I can't remember now. Yeah, I worked with a lot of them, but yes. Yeah, and so I saw you again there. I'm like, oh, okay, there go April. Um, and then we were at DK's graduation. Yes, Arkansas Tech. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, we were there. Um, and. Then I what stuck because it was like looking at it now versus then it was like our paths kept crossing but it just never stuck. Mm-hmm. Like probably if we had a longer conversation at any of those events, we probably would have like started the friendship journey earlier. I feel like now looking back at it, right? Because we just kept crossing paths. But then it was the leadership announcement for leadership grade of Little Rock. Yes. And you walked up to me because you were trying to put on your lipstick and you wanted a mirror, of course. And I said, you can you can look at this mirror, but this this mirror <laughs> you can look at this mirror you want to. This mirror got some letters on it that you probably don't <laughs> and you was like, fuck you, let me see this mirror. I put on this lipstick and then Adrian walked up and it was just kinda like when that when that trinity like kinda clicked, it kinda it, it locked in place. So first of all, I just wanna clarify that I was not so freely throwing around the air bomb back then, but I now think you said something like kiss my ass or girl please or something like that. I was gonna say, but now <laughs> but now, um and <laughs> respectfully, as the children say. <laughs> but now, <laughs> you do. That'll be the first thing. Because, first of all, fuck you. Um, so, there's that. We're trying to take these pictures. Right. So, um, yes. I uh, I don't know. I, there was always a, a level of comfortability there um, between the two of us. Um, and when you met me, I definitely was being extra. I remember the debutante for sure. Um, cause I was still very much involved in the pageant world and, you know, had a little chip on my shoulder about judging, about placing in pageants and, um, different titles and things. And so I wanted these girls to be spot on. Um, and there were, there was another young lady that judged with us, um, Jasmine Smedley. She's, yes. um, mm-hmm. she's married now. Hey sis. 
Um, and then another young lady, Chloe, no, Zoe, Zoe, Zoe that um, that eventually became an AK. And so what I'm just gathering though is that you love us and uh, that you need us shit. in your life. But I digress. We'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that later on in the conversation. I'm not going to throw that completely out the window. But I am saying you are going a little bit too motherfucking far right now. But. So, regardless, we'll fast forward to Leadership Great Little Rock. Shout out to uh, Class 35, the best to ever the best do class. It. Um, Most epic in the history of... Um, we, I remember we were getting ready to, we did, we had that moment at the announcement and then I don't even think we spoke in between there, but I had the nerve, like I didn't even have your number. I Facebook messaged you. I think like, so, yeah. Michelle, can I ride to the retreat with you? And it was just the, um, I was going to say the foolishness, but I don't want to call it foolishness. The, um, the greatness began to bloom from there. So the rest of it is history. Yeah. Now, we got here changing the world. I know. I know. We're going to be on the ticket one day. Listen, y'all up for us. It's going to be AJ. It's going to be the D9 ticket for real, for real. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> if Diddy is out here talking about God's work at combsglobal.com, whatever this email was that I just saw, he, he said he's doing God's work. Um, if, and, and that's no shot at Diddy. He, he, you know, the Lord could have planted that in his heart. But if Diddy can be brother love, we can be. We can be president and vice president. President and vice president. Of the nation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Y'all stay tuned for that. <laughs> we then made an unofficial announcement. Let me get back to my <laughs> the question. No, no, no. You're good. I'm going to got it. I'm going to got it. We're good. So I think in our friendship journey, once we went through leadership, um, one thing that was very significant that I've heard you say, I think I've heard Adrian say it, and I've definitely felt it if I didn't say it out loud, that we needed our friendships at the time in our lives, what was going on personally in our lives. Mm-hmm. We needed each other to go through that. I don't, I definitely wouldn't be where I'm at now I would have gotten there later I think I've said that I would have gotten there later but I wouldn't have gotten there I told Adrian that I would have gotten to this point later but I wouldn't have gotten to it to at this point had I not had you two along at that moment um and we were all going through you know unhealthy attachments to different people um with different roles and relationships at the time and I think we leaned on each other a lot um, Mm -hmm. to grow out of those unhealthy attachments um, and really figure out what healthy what more healthy um, attachments and friendships um, could look like and you've mentioned you've talked about it before how you had to go through the journey of knowing that it's okay for you to have your good and your bad moments in front of your friends. Because sometimes with certain groups and certain circles, you can only be AJ, right? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like you can only be the girl, that girl, um, because when you're not, then other people can't hold that space. They don't know what to do with that. And then they end up lashing out on you for having 
not so great moments or going through your own processes or things like that. So I know you've talked about that before. Yes. Um, I think you said a lot, but my, the things that I want to highlight, um, would be about, uh, so the, I think one of the things that was most beneficial about me, you and Adrian, um, and a lot of people in our leadership class, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna highlight the two of you for sure, is that we, um, if I decided that I didn't want to do something or if I disagreed, um, I there was not a fear of you were going to leave me, mm. um, because in the past with the different relationships and things, if I did not want to do something or if I didn't um agree and I tried to speak up um it could be it was sometimes you know construed as acting funny or Mm -hmm. um or that I wasn't being present for them and it took a lot of just getting to know myself better to be comfortable with that speaking up but uh it also helps when the people that you're in relationship with hold allow you to have that space and they allow you to say I just don't want to do it mm-hmm. and it's not a um there's not a pushback to the point of okay well I'll just go ahead because I'm I I am now at a space where I'll tell people you know I just I did not experience a lot of healthy conflict um with like family dynamics past romantic relationships um relationships in civic organizations and things like that just didn't experience a lot of healthy conflict there was not a lot of resolution or a lot of space left for you to not do what the dominant person wanted to do and so at that point when all of us got together um safe space is a is a phrase that's thrown around real lightly these days but um you can tell somebody it's a safe space and then you can make somebody feel like they're in a safe space and i feel like um, with you and Adrian, it was I, I. I was made to feel like I was in a safe space, and I think our friendship um, was healthy and good and grew a lot because we took we looked at friendship from a holistic standpoint. Like we were all on different spiritual journeys. We yeah. were all in a different place romantically. We were all in a different place with our mental health and our, um, you know, whatever. And so it wasn't a one-sided thing and it wasn't a um it was space to be developmental and to be heard and to be challenged and to be like i'm i'm not okay with being challenged um but it wasn't um a shutdown space and i will say this because i am queen of shutdowns um shout out to my therapist for helping me through that at this point in my life because i don't shut down nearly as quick as i used to or um or anything like that but having those friends that recognized that shutdown mm-hmm. that took a step back and then it was just like I noticed you stopped talking what like what made you feel that way and so um it just felt good to have people care about you yeah and not about what you could do for them or how yeah. you had shown up for them or um because that at that point in my life I, I didn't have, I wasn't making near the money that I make now or that the two of you made or whatever. So, like, I literally had, tangibly had nothing to offer y'all. 
And yeah. so for me to, um, for you all to look at me and just be like, valuable, 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 valuable. Negotiate, um, negotiate, <laughs> negotiate. <laughs> yes. Um, I was just like, but why? Why do y'all feel like I'm so valuable? And it was um, because uh, it was just me. Like you just enjoyed me. And so that was very, um, that was very healing. It was very uh, eye-opening. It was. It was exactly what was needed, especially in the midst of a pandemic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for so, sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I, you know, when we were together, when the world fell apart in Arkansas, we were literally all in the same room that yes. day, yes. Um, March 12th. And then that weekend, yeah, I was at my house. We That was the day we day drunk. <laughs> Libations. It was supposed to be on brunch. the road. Yeah. It was supposed to be brunch, and I was cooking, and y'all brought the libations, and, and it was like eight o'clock at night, and we still at the house. We were just like the world is over with. We might as well just drink, you know, until and you know. Shout out to to the good brothers that that would always take care of us, Will and Wendell. You know, yeah. all of it. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah, we definitely got through the pandemic <laughs> together. Um, I thought about something too when you were talking about. I thought about this last night, but when you were talking about people um, who need something out of you, um, I think we all go through that. But one thing I've talked about throughout the um, the podcast episodes is just this term, energy vampires, and I feel like, um, like. Some of that goes into those unhealthy attachments. Like people, you have a light about you where people are just drawn to you. I've been told I have a warmth about me where people just feel warm and cozy around me. And so it's really easy for people to come and attach to those spaces of us. And then before we know it, we're dry. We have been drained dry. Um, Negative. In the negative. Yeah, and and we're like, okay, how did I get here? But, um, but I I thought about this last night, um, just how much my journey has been professionally and personally the past couple of years, and how certain people who were around me were absorbing that energy that energy cannot go out into the universe to boomerang and come back to me because it never made it out because the people who were in my circle was absorbing it and taking it out of me and not putting nothing else in me to put out into the universe to bring it back tenfold i was literally giving my energy allowing my energy to be absorbed by the wrong people and they were getting the benefit you know like it's kind of like um beyonce's lyrics when she said come around me and get good karma Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you're absorbing all of this good karma from me but I can't even benefit from it coming around because I mean you you were witness to this as soon as like I got rid of the most unhealthy attachment that's when things start coming Mm -hmm. I mean it was like two weeks and I'm getting phone calls having meetings doing you know soiree contacted me two weeks after that you know, I thought about that last night, and it just kept rolling after that. Um, and so sometimes you just gotta be mindful of what's what's literally going on around you <laughs> to determine uh, do you have 
an unhealthy attachment next to you who just want to be by you for X, Y, or Z? Do they want to be around you for your light? Do they want to be around you for your warmth? Do they want to be around you? I feel like empaths have that problem all the time. Um, and (laughs) And it's hard, like, for... Um, for certain situations, it's not you just get rid of the friend or you get rid of the person out of your life. Sometimes it's just putting out the boundary and saying there's only so much I can give you and then it has to stop there. And I think even with good friends, you have certain boundaries that you have to uphold and stick to. And if you if that friend is honest, that friend will respect that. Like, I know when you're doing hot yoga, leave you alone. I know on Sundays, yesterday, I didn't even tell you this because we haven't spoken. Yesterday, I went to um, um, BJ's and got a bazooki by myself because I knew, don't make the face because I knew Sundays, you don't come out the house on a Sunday, but I had a taste for it. And so I was like, let me just go on over here to Shopperford real quick. And I went over there and I came on back home and it was good. I the spoiled child in me is like, how dare you? I know, I know, you're offended now. But I thought about your boundary, because usually when I want to get a pizuki on a Sunday, you're like, I ain't gonna come, I don't come out the house. I will for you, but I don't come out the house. Yes. But I thought about your boundary ahead of time. I like, let me not try to call April because she does not leave the house on Sunday. And it's just been and well, and I appreciate that. Yes, I'm over here gasping in shock <laughs> because. I, I feel like she's supposed to call me no matter what, but I do. I do appreciate that for um from her because she I mean she already knew the week I had the weekend or the week I had leading into the weekend we had yeah um so yes um in the words of my good brother Jamar let's let's back into let's circle let's circle let's circle back into some um some of the things that you mentioned there about um energy vampires and things um so a lot of the times people who are empaths hello to all empaths that are listening for highly sensitive people i feel like i'm on the hsp spectrum highly sensitive people um, which often is confused with your emotions <laughs> and it does not um, only affect your emotions but people I won't make a generalization but like a lot of times um, empaths see like how they make other people feel and that makes them feel valuable so they'll allow that person to continue to take from them because they're like I'm valued by this person if I do these things mm-hmm. um, so and they never stop and self-assess or evaluate. Yes, you're valued by this person when you do these things, but at the end of the day, like when you go home as a shell of yourself, you know, that person, like you were saying, is is fine. They're filled, they're happy, they're over there, and you barely got the energy to wash your dishes or tie mm-hmm. your shoes or read your, you know, whatever. And so I think, um, I think that was something that I had to uh, to learn, and that you guys on our in our friendship journey have have been very good reminders of, but not in a um, in a fussing type of way. Um, I was that child that you didn't have to. I didn't have to give spankings. You just could have said mm-hmm. or looked at me, um, and I was going to correct um, immediately and. 
when I did get fussed at or if I did get yelled at, it was the end of the world. And I think a lot of that carried over into my like adult life and my relationships and things. And so any friend that spoke sternly or harshly or um, that was all about the rah-rah, like I wasn't going to do anything to head in that direction. So a lot of times that meant that my boundaries were either A, non-existent or, or B, heavily disrespected. Um, and so to have two people that did not um, speak to me in that way um, and talk to me about boundaries was um, was refreshing and different and scary all at the same time. Um, but it inevitably made me stronger and it's made me like a better business person and a better friend. And, um, and you know, I still look at life through my rose colored glasses sometimes. Um, I am nowhere near as naive as I used to be, <laughs> but I, um, I just, I think that you have to have people that understand how to communicate with you. Mm-hmm. And it's not acquiescing and it's not dumbing yourself down and it's not coddling them. Um, it's meeting people where they are and walking the path together. So I think that uh, when you are an empath and you don't you don't assess well with the people that you um, or you don't assess frequently enough with the people that you've connected yourself to, you will end up empty a lot. And so I had that. Um, I had to have that conversation with myself again here recently because I travel constantly now with work, right? So, like, there are total, there are, you know, energies floating around that I can't necessarily control or, like, block myself off from. Mm -hmm. And so, it's like, what are you doing to refuel and recharge? Because you can, I can, I can only say so many times, oh, Michelle, such and such just drains me all the time. Or um, I just don't have the energy to do this. But it's like, what are you doing to replenish yourself? So taking some self-accountability, but then um, getting the courage up for those people that are always testing your boundaries and pushing you, like getting the courage up to be like, and I'm cutting off your access. Right, right. And and this is where the conversation ends. And so and a lot of times people are like, you, you don't never say nothing. You don't have to it's up. It might not be worth the energy at that point, depending on who you're talking to and who you're dealing with. But um, I um, I do encourage people to um, to set the boundaries and manage your expectations, consider the source, mm-hmm. and then not be afraid to cut people off and not cut them off in the sense of I'm not talking to you ever, but you but limit their access to you. So that you are not always walking around like a zombie because yeah. they are a vampire energy. Yeah. An energy vampire. Yeah. Yes. All that. <laughs> that was a lot. Yes. But that was good. And one thing that you said starting out was um, just the the freedom that you had and what you've learned and not being naive. Uh, I think that the way that you have talked to me during our friendship journey is like, Michelle, that ain't your problem to fix. Michelle, that ain't, that, that ain't your, you say that, well, you, you will get in my ear real quick. That ain't your, that ain't your, that ain't your thing. That ain't your relationship. That ain't your house. That ain't your job. That ain't your, and I'd be like, 
okay, damn, all right, all right, all right. But I feel like that's my boundary. People don't necessarily see that as like a boundary line, but mine is that 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 Olivia Pope syndrome, that wanting to fix. And people can take advantage of that from me by bringing me the problem because I'm always going to fix it. And mm-hmm. I'm and I'm mm-hmm. happy to, you know, but deciding which one is my problem to fix and which one is not or how far do I go into the giving out the advice and then say, "Okay, now you're on your own to figure out the rest of it." Um I feel like in the recent past, like I would just go in and just carry the torch and be like, "Don't worry about it. I'll go. I got it. I can. I, when I come back, I will have your problem all wrapped up in a bow." And that's not necessarily the right thing to do. That's not that's not good boundaries for me to have. So I feel like you've taught me that and how you recognize some things in me. Um. It's it's funny that you use. I shouldn't say it's funny. Laughter is my default. That's my. <laughs> I be like, I'm gonna laugh because it's not. <laughs> I don't. You know. You know how people. I don't awkwardly laugh. Mine is very charming, from what I was told. But I I will laugh like as my default. And yeah. it, but I think that it's interesting that you say that because I can see. I see that. I see that challenge for you, but I don't see my own challenge a lot of times. Um, which is laboring for people unnecessarily or Mm -hmm. um, putting more work on myself to prove how valuable I am Mm -hmm. to the friendship or to the relationship or whatever. And so, um, again, shout out to my therapist. She was just like, you know, people will always accept your labor. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, but I don't see it as as labor. And she was like, because you're a giver. But the world is full of takers. Yes, it is. And if givers are not aware of, um, you, she was like, before you know it, you'll be breaking your own arm mm-hmm. to give it to somebody else. And then she was like, and then what do you have? And so um, I was like, well, first of all, I don't pay you to talk bad to me. Like, yeah. this thing is <laughs> not what I do. But um, more importantly, it it has given me another lens to look at things. And I was just like, I'm going to overcome this just like you are going to overcome being a fixer. But I think it's a, um, I think to a certain extent, it's like a, it's a value thing or a self-worth thing. Like we need people to, we want people to see, not need, we want people to see how valuable we are um, because at some point we we felt like just being present was not valuable enough. Yeah. And then also, um, which we won't get into a, a religious talk or whatever, but it's like um, when you have a gift or you have um, the ability, you're you're taught by the church to give it and yep. give it freely and yep. willingly, no matter what the cost is. And I'm just, I was just like, yes, but no. Yeah. And so that and and that yes, but no has only come in recent years um, because. I'm I'm very much so guilty of of giving to the detriment of friendships and, mm-hmm. and relationships and stuff like that because I was just never at my best and so um, I think something that I've learned also from our um, friendship is about just taking a step back and being like I'm tired yeah and that's okay yeah um, and you have to catch me the next day or you have to catch me whenever and yeah. And that should be fine. Yeah. 
All right, let's go into what I, you know, what the people want. Oh, okay. The people who want, who know us, probably want. Or maybe they don't know they want this, but we're gonna give it to them anyway. Okay. Um, the topic of civic groups and friendships. As a future presidential candidate, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Did y'all ask Joe these questions? What civic groups is Joe in? No, we don't know. We don't know what civic groups Joe in, but we do know what group Kamala belongs to. Mm. And we know which one Stacey Abrams belonged to, too. Shout out to Stacey. I, I worked alongside Stacey, <laughs> you know, during the election year, do, you know, with connections through some friends. So shout out to Stacey. And we will support her as the second black woman in the White House. And we're just going to leave it where it is. We're going to say this. We're going to say that it took Georgia to make sure that the White House was the White House. Georgia had a really big part in that. That state had a really big part in that. So it I always, is. so I always said, D nine women yes. took care. Yes, um, in the last presidential election, and, and for the people listening, this is friendly shade. It's, it's just a, always, it is always friendly shade, like the housewives say. So don't, don't come for us. Stay out our comments. <laughs> Stay out no, our comments. No, don't get in the comments because y'all need to hear. It. Anyway, I, but I think that's the whole point, right? Like. We're in more civic groups than just Delta Sigma Theta, Sorority Incorporated, and Alpha Kappa Alpha, Sorority Incorporated. We're in different civic groups. Mm-hmm. However, and, and this can bleed into all those other ones, um, but some people feel or you know may express that they're not open to real genuine friendships and some are you got a lot of denial love out here um but some are not depending on which civic group or organization or sorority or whatever or fraternity for the guys who are listening because we do have male listeners um shout out to the good bros on both sides of six 19 and baby girl that ain't who i was talking about <laughs> I was talking about the GDIs that oh. listening. I don't know if the bros listening to this. <laughs> okay. Um, my bad. <laughs> they may be, but ain't none of them gave me no feedback. So I'm going to say that they ain't. But maybe they are. Okay, anyway. Yeah, shout out to the good bros. Whatever. I'm talking about us. Um... <laughs> Some people feel like that there can't be genuine friendships outside of the institutional organizations that they belong to. However, comma, I feel like some people get into those organizations looking for friendships. Or identity, but, you know. Okay. And um, when they do... Sometimes they can be sorely um, disappointed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Very well said. Because um, at the end of the day, it's still business. Now, mm-hmm. now listen, I have friendships and sisterhoods that will go to the day I die. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but then there's also some that have failed to launch and some that have like the little fire, like the little spinner fireworks, and fizzled on out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know all are okay, but I think that 
I find it normal that you and I have such a strong connection and friendship um, beyond our sororities, given the shit talking that we've done before we even met right. <laughs> about about our respective sororities. I just I wanted to acknowledge that. I want to dig into that a little bit because I feel like it's important to say that friendships and sisterhood is not just with even though it is a bond even though it is serious for us mm-hmm. um it's not that it ain't that deep and I feel like somebody's gonna be like Michelle is fucking tripping but I feel like it ain't that deep not so deep to the point that I can't I can't be your friend because you're a Delta. No. Right. Now, if you're a Delta that does dumb things, shady things, um, shady, you know, and I'm not talking about friendly shady like what we're talking about here, but if you do dumb stuff, shady things, illegal things, immoral things, um, anything of that nature, then your friendship contract can be under review. But um I feel like if you in my sorority and you're like that, your friendship contract Right. Be. I think it's it's a people thing and not a and not a um maybe I a people thing, not a process thing, or a people thing, not an organization thing, you know, whatever the case may be. Um so one thing I would like to um put out there um is that as D nine women, um we should definitely all be in support of each other. Yes. Um, I recall at uh, when I worked at an institution of higher learning. I was. I don't know if I should say the name or not, but I mean, everybody pretty much know where I worked. Either way, there was a young lady that came to me and told me that she wanted to be a Delta, and she was like, you know, will you um, will you write me a letter of recommendation or um, and help me like prepare for the interview. And I was just like, uh, I was like, yeah, that's cool. She was considered a mentee. Um, she knew I was an AK, you know. I didn't find that disrespectful at all. That was the relationship that we had. But I was like, before I do that, why do you want to be a Delta? Mm-hmm. And she looked up at me and I was just like, I'm asking because I have good friends that love their organization that, you know, are and I'm not just gonna write a letter of recommendation for you to go join the organization because you know you look better in in crimson and cream than you do in salmon pink, salmon pink and apple green. Like that's just not how it's gonna be. And I was like, because at the end of the day, as sorority members, mm-hmm. we are working towards mm-hmm. the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, our processes of getting there may be different, you know, whatever. But. And so that that when I shared that with people, they were like, "Oh, I can't believe you was gonna you was gonna write her a letter, blah blah blah." And I I did not I did not write her a letter because I did not feel like she was going to be an asset to um to that chapter to the legacy of that chapter and all of that. But I say all of that to say this: it's on an individual basis. Like your affiliation with the with the uh, with Delta does not define you. Right. So I've chosen to be friends with Michelle Barnes. Um, not what's your name? Natural disaster. Yeah, you know, cause she be reading the nookie book at all times, and I'm always <laughs> like, well, maybe we should take a step back and talk about this. And so um, I would not have that. 
that is not what made us friends. Right. Um, and I need people to understand that, like, you joined an organization, and organization did not make you. And that's why I made that comment about people who join sororities um, seeking identity and not civic engagement. Yes. Okay? Because if you're seeking identity Ooh. and not civic engagement, then we... Um, we ain't got nothing for you, honestly. Right. Um, and that that sounds bad, but that's the truth. Like, we're not here, especially, like, graduate chapter members or whatever. We are not here to to build your identity. Now, if you go, if you join and your leadership skills are sharpened and your, you know, communication skills are sharpened and your emotional intelligence reaches a new level because you're dealing with such diverse thought processes of people... Um, then great, that's wonderful. Like you holistically benefited from being in D9. But at the end of the day, we're not here to build people like and their self-value and their identity and things. Because um, the legacy has already been put in place. You know, I just, I don't know how else to say that. Um, but that's why I'm also just not... A person that like writes letters or sponsors people or mm-hmm. whatever, and in one of my um, one of my profiles, she she would always be like, "Somebody took a chance on you. You need to take a chance on them." And I then I was like, "I pray about it," but I um, I think that exclusivity and legacy is is real, and I think that um, you need to know a bit more about who you are and be open to learning and being challenged. Um, when you join these organizations, um, then someone who's just dying to belong. And I think when you look at the undergraduate process and how hazing has been an issue and all of that, like these people are literally dying to belong, like mm-hmm. literal, like I'm going to do this even though it's unsafe for me because I want to belong. Mm-hmm. And that is not mm-hmm. what we're supposed to be here mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, yes. And if... If being a, a member of any type of organization, which is great for networking and character development, mm-hmm. um, but to have friends, I would say that it probably you probably need to do a deep dive, internal deep dive in oneself, um, and maybe process that with a therapist. Because um, there's nothing wrong with looking for connections. Right. Um, I've made many a connection. Right. But I also had identity outside of my chapter. Right. 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 And I and before I get into uh, my next comment, I will say, just so that we're technical, April and I are not speaking on behalf of our sororities. We're speaking as individuals as our experiences within our sororities. Because yes. you know how folks have to try to make try to come and check you right. for something and be like um, no we not we ain't speaking for nobody's uh, headquarters chapters or nothing we're speaking this as individuals message, this this message was not approved nor endorsed <laughs> by Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated or Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated okay um, we not shared chapter names or anything of that nature so again Stay out my comments. <laughs> you know, somebody, With your somebody, somebody toes to be stepped on, but I, you know, but I did want folks toes to be stepped on because sometimes these are conversations that need to be had. But um, 
but kind of going back a little bit to um I think that one thing that uh, my line sister told me not too long ago was that you, she said, Michelle, you've always been a part of, you've always had friendships outside of the story. You, you have more, you know, female D9 connections than, than most of us. Mm-hmm. And I told her it's because I built those connections before I came into the sorority. Like from my, from my, from my um, perspective and my experience, I was, I was on my yard doing work, doing community work in, you know, United Black Students Association and Student Government Association. Like I was, I was in campus life. And so as people were going through, either they were already a part of something uh, when I arrived or they went through their process while I was, you know, waiting my turn. But the genuine connections and friendships I had with women before or despite of their letters, if it was true and genuine, I kept those connections throughout. And so when it's time to do something bigger, if I need to go outside and, and do a collaboration, I can do that effortlessly because the connection and the friendship and the respect was already put into place. Right. And so people... That's the main thing I just wanted to get out of all of that. I know we went the long way around that road, but I think um, I think people need to go back to looking at a person and not what the person has or who the person is affiliated with as a marker if you're going to fuck with them or not. <laughs> I will say this, and then we'll, we'll just let it be. Okay. If, as you join organizations... Um, or you advise someone to join an organization, remind them that joining is is a catalyst, not a means to an end. Mm. It's a catalyst. And you can you can either let it take you real high or you can you know, or you can let it take you real low. Well that goes into the last point. I mean, I don't know <laughs> if you knew the segue into that, but um I think a part of our journey has been, even in our spiritual processes, uh, we, me, you, and Adrian, definitely, uh, but definitely people that were, you know, we've just been around, specifically in our leadership group, but then even outside of that, there's been a level of ascension that's happened um, throughout the couple of years that we've been friends. I have felt it within myself. I've seen it in you. Mm-hmm. And... I, you know, as I learn and I ascend into like more of my spiritual self, my spiritual gift, my spiritual awareness, um, it, it makes me look at my friendship circle differently. Mm -hmm. And there have been friends that I have cleaved to more. And then there's been friends, like lifelong friends or friends I've had for a while where I've taken several steps back um, because you didn't respect my boundaries or because, you know, I felt that you only needed me to do certain things and that was the level that you wanted to keep me. And now that you can't get off of my energy, now that I don't let you come and soak it up, 
now there's not really much for us to do or talk about. So I let that lie where it's going to lie. Um, and so that has been heartbreaking. You know, it's been rough mm-hmm. for me. Um, I'm just not getting to a place where I'm kind of like chill with it, but it's still more, I don't know. Um, I don't want to say detoxing cause that's, seems really bad but uh like like i don't know like sloughing off yeah it's a it's a different management process of how you allow yourself to react to those people yeah 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 it's still some processes that need to go but i think that that's something that should be understood like we we say all the time or we hear all the time oh you're gonna grow out of some friendships and that's easier said than done like you can hear that and be like mm-hmm. oh yeah that's a great word and oh yeah Medea said that in one of the plays and that's just great she? I think yeah Tyler Perry did oh, that okay. on the one of the early plays mm-hmm. um, talking about people are a season okay yeah yeah right. yeah okay. one of the early in, in them late nineties early two thousands them them plays and it sounds good. You know, but it's 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 harder in real life to let some of those friendships go when sure. you have ascended to a different place within your self awareness or your spiritual growth or really just going into your purpose. I feel like sometimes that we have to ascend in order to be on the path, on the purpose that we're supposed to move in. Um and that's going to be a later episode, Walking the Path. I have not asked my daddy if he's going to do that episode, but that's who I got in mind to do that episode. He's going to do it. He'll do it. But even in his journey, he had to let some things go in order for him to walk his, his destiny and go on the, on the path of purpose for, for him. Um, so, yeah, again, I said a whole lot for you to... You know, I'm just over here on my little sticky notes. I'm about to say you're taking notes. um, Forget anything. Um, But because I didn't want to interrupt. No, no, go ahead. No, Um, no, I'm done. So let's circle back into that. (laughs) Let's unpack that. Um, There's okay. So I'm just trying to figure out where to start. But I. Seasons, yes, we all go through seasons. Um, I think the best way to say it is life requires an ever-developing level of self-awareness. Mm. You could, you can be on either end of the spectrum with self-awareness, but it's a it's a balance of self-awareness, um, accountability and action right um because some of us can be so self-aware that we overthink everything and then some of us can lack a level of self-awareness that you want to like punch them in their throat Mm -hmm. it's like how sway how do you not recognize this um but i think self-awareness comes with your spiritual journey um and and learning yourself and developing yourself and as you develop and become self-aware, you re- you recognize things in your life that no longer serve you. But just like with anything else, it's hard to cut off things that have made you comfortable, mm-hmm. um, that have propped you up, uh, that have, you know, all of those things along the way. And so 
in efforts to ascend, you often have to drop some things, right? Like even with flying, I fly all the time now. Um, and I don't care what nobody says, Southwest is still the funnest, <laughs> the funnest airline because they, they crack all the jokes. But um, there's only a certain amount of stuff you can bring on the plane. Right. There's only a certain amount of luggage that they can put on the plane to get it safely from point A to point B. And I think that's life. Like, there's only a certain amount of, of stuff that you can um, you can carry into the next level. And the higher up you get, the, uh, the more it's going to challenge you to determine what do I need and what don't I need. Mm. When I first started traveling... I had that big ass suitcase and I took it everywhere. Yeah. Um, cause I might need this and I might need that and I don't, I'm not comfortable without my satin pillowcase and my and my chucks and my you know you know whatever. And now from big ass suitcase to a two carry on, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about like laptop bag, like backpack where I can put my laptop and things in there, and um. One of those uh, suitcases that's literally, I don't know dimensions. Let's not embarrass ourselves with that. <laughs> um, but just a, it has to fit in the overhead beam right. carefully. I mean, um, with no issues. And we can go, I can be gone for two days or I can be gone for a week. But I've learned what I needed. I've become aware of what I actually needed and what was actually um, beneficial to me on my journey. As opposed to, I might need this for this person or I might need this for this event or I might need whatever and it's like once you start unpacking all of that stuff no pun intended there oh, Lord. But <laughs> once you start unpacking all of that stuff and become self-aware like your ascension becomes um your your ascension becomes uh I say a little bit easier mm-hmm. um to recognize but implementation and recognition is totally different yeah and so implementing those things means I might not be able to entertain this conversation or this person anymore. Um, and that just, I mean, you just got to you gotta get in the mirror and be like, all right, so it is what it is. You can't make it what you want it to be. And if you are in that space, then you, um, it's, it's not personal. Like, it's not you, it's me. Right. And, you know, people right. use that, you know, jokingly. But a lot of times if you stop and you think about your journey, you think about your self-awareness and where you're trying to get to, it's not it's not you it's me i need this type of focus i need this type of discipline um i need this type of space i have to set these boundaries to achieve these new things because if i keep doing the same thing i was doing if i kept packing that suitcase with all of that stuff all of the time um it was gonna start to cost me unnecessarily yes with southwest i can check a bag i can check two carry-ons for me two bags for free or whatever but what if Southwest wasn't going where I was trying to go and I had to take Delta and I continued to pack these things? That's an unnecessary expense, yeah. right? Like, it's just, it's a bag that I, it was a cost that I was going to have to pay if I didn't become more aware of what I actually needed and where I was trying to go um, and what I thought I might have needed to get there or people that I needed to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Was that it? That was it. Okay. I think you did it. All right. I think we did it. You asked me about friendships and I was, or to talk about friendships and I was just like, I've not mastered friendships. Like, why do you want to talk to me about this? But that's, that is the perfectionist in me that's dying 
um, slowly but surely, because I was just, you know, I, I didn't want to say something that somebody could take out of context and or assume that I was talking about them or whatever. Um, but this is my, these are my truths. And they're great truths. I think anybody would take anything anybody says. If somebody wants to be offended, they're going to find a way to be offended. Yeah. And those are unhealthy attachments that we have processed our way out of. Yes. yes. So, all right. Well, you open it up by saying uh, how we can connect with you, but also end with how we can connect with you on Al Gore's sure. internet. <laughs> Not. <laughs> <laughs> I was, it's, um, my homegirl EJ would say, um, I was scrolling on Obama's internet. And <laughs> shout out to EJ Speaks. So, um, you can connect with me um, if you'd like to connect professionally. You can visit my LinkedIn page. It's April, A P R Y L Jackson. Um, or if you are down for the shenanigans and real high girl shit, you can follow me on Instagram at the underscore AJ show. Um, yeah, and that's where I am. Feel free to reach out. Well, I so enjoyed this conversation. I think you hit it out of the park. Um, and I appreciate you for saying yes, even though you didn't know quite what you were saying yes to. Um, and I appreciate you for being a good girlfriend of mine. Um, I'm glad that God found a way for us to like stick, like come back together and stick this time. Um, I appreciate everything that you like, it's a whole list of everything you've done, um, for me, but it does not go unnoticed or unrecognized. And thank you for everything. Um, and I hope people get a lot from this conversation. I feel like that they will. I feel like they will. I think that they are getting a lot from the show in general. So I'm glad to be able to do my small part to help you on your path to success. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the MB Truth, the underscore MB underscore Truth. Um, I have also been um, advised that I need to advise you guys to like, um, rate, and comment about this podcast. This is episode four. We have four more episodes left in this first season. Like, um, comment, and share. Like, like comment, and comment, and share. So yeah, if you've been follow her on Spotify. Oh, is can, they can follow your, oh, your show on Spotify. Yeah. Okay, well, look. So Spotify, Apple, or Anchor. Mm-hmm. Um, like, comment, and share so more people can experience this podcast and see it pop up. Um, and until next time, it's your girl MB, and we'll holler at you later.